You know, somebody who just learned how to grow an extra finger without going to school for it. Right? <laughs> an auto polydactyl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 113 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast in which we talk about video games. And other things, but mostly video I, games. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm running very low on the fuel that I normally use to do these podcasts, which is inebriety. And, uh, uh, oh, yeah. I was going to yeah, say beer. We, yeah. Riff, uh, Riff, Riff's got to go to bed early, I guess, because he got <laughs> up. He got up early and uh so we don't we don't have a whole lot of time we we're 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 recording before dinner yeah that's a little strange yeah so i don't have any pizza in me i don't have any sausages in me well not any more than usual the ones that i keep in my armpits (laughs) (laughs) so they're warm if i need them later to to be warm yes i was gonna say that that's how i normally have my sausages is is warm Mm -hmm. so well because i keep them warm for you you're like Hey, Zach, give me one of those armpit sausages. I'm hungry. I got a hankering for one of your armpit sausages. Ah. That is probably a sentence that has never, ever been said before. It's probably true. I remember once when I was a kid, my, I went and got some sandwiches for, from like a stand at the fair or whatever, and I had three sandwiches to carry, and I only had two hands, so I just put one of them under my arm, and then my dad was like, ah, that's gross. And I just didn't understand. Like I, it was before I went through puberty, so I didn't think of my armpit as being any grosser than any <laughs> other part of my body. And then he had to explain to me that somebody doesn't want to eat something that comes out of your armpit. And then later, I meet Kevin, and he's always got a hankering for my armpit <laughs> sausages. And so it's like, uh, well, not, was nothing that my dad told me true? <laughs> I thought for the longest time that I'd been to Canada, and I think that's just because at some point my dad said, hey, we're in Canada. Have you never been to Canada? Well, I have now. I hadn't then. How do you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think he, he might have me. driven north. I think he told me that he just made that up at some point. He, well, not yeah. that he remembered making up, you've been to Canada, son, right. but that sounds like the kind of thing that he would say. Yeah. Sure. I, still I played think Dragon's Lair in Canada, in imaginary Canada. I don't know where the fuck we were. I still think at some point you should read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Mm-hmm. I think it will ruin you, yeah. but I think you should read it. Yeah. Good. Thanks. <laughs> I'm good looking out. Well, no, I mean, it's like a life experience. Like... If if there is ever a point where you're just super happy and you're like, man, like, I am should really shut too this down. happy. Yeah. yeah, you should read in Everybody's like, I mean, uh, what about you, Riff? What are you too happy about? <laughs> or extra happy, or or double happy? Uh, Riff, have we lost you? Uh, I'm still here. <laughs> there were a few minutes. Well, minutes. There were a few seconds there where I lost the thread of the conversation. <laughs> Oh, I see. So you were just you were just flummoxed. We yes. Weren't having t- we weren't having technical difficulties. You just had no, no idea no. what the fuck well, anyone was talking no, about. No, I was flummoxed by the technical difficulties because I heard like every other sound in the sentences about Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Okay. What are you too happy about, Riff? That's the important question that we're asking right now. What am I too happy about? Mm. Yes. yes. Um, gee, I don't know. And now I'm sad. <laughs> Because not I, your improv skills. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> cool. I got this uh, free pin from the Hyatt, and it is terrible. Oh. I, mean, I thought you were going to so say that it was really them. awesome, and that was what you were happy about. No. Well, he's just happy that he's vindicated. 
Is that, are you still using your free notebook from GDC yeah, last year? It is so great. I, I would try to find where they got these made and buy some blank ones because they are just great. Although I've still got, I've still got like two thirds of the notebook. It's left. like graph paper with just dots and not lines. Oh, yeah. So, and it's, yeah, it's got a, a, a nice cover and it's got like one of those rubber bands to keep your place. Wow. That sounds really good. It is really good. If you went to work for Valve, you could have as many of those as you wanted for free. I, I don't know. I don't know if they actually have these or if this is just a uh, like promotional. What I'm thing. saying is, if you went to if you went to work for Valve, you would know where they keep their promotional notebooks and be able to go in and steal them. Well, but maybe I mean this is just one years. This was you know who knows if they even keep this thing. It has the year on it, 2012. They hmm. went pretty tasteful. Like the cover looks like it's just black, but if you hold it up in the light, it says "Play it now on Steam, 2012." Okay, I like it less now that I know that it says that. D- because you couldn't <laughs> tell, right? No, I know. But even if it said that in invisible ink, that you had to dip <laughs> it in reindeer piss <laughs> to read. Moon letters. It's, it's so subtle that it just doesn't matter. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> uh, what have you been up to, Riff? Um, I've been I've been ripping a lot of DVDs to uh, M4Vs so I could watch them on my iPad. I've been reading some mangas. Uh, I ripped a bunch of DVDs to to M4V or whatever uh, with my old size perfectly for my old phone. And now, you know, I got a new iPhone like a year later. And oh, and they're all the wrong like, size. Yeah, uh-huh. well, it's everything is just. They just they're just low res. Retina, videos, yeah. Was retina mm. is like I don't even know what I should do. Just rip them at infinite resolution. Sure. <laughs> then you can fit zero on your phone, and then you always know what to watch. <laughs> I guess if you could access, if you if you could borrow the original film reels, maybe you could do that. <laughs> well, so there are discrete. I mean, if it is if they were actually shot on film, there are discrete clumps of silver that make up all of the different like you know blotches of color right? is that like, like acetate the well, acetate is the the medium in which the the uh emulsion is, is okay embedded. so the emulsion is silver it's well it's like a it's like a silver halides are the compounds that form the picture uh and then the emulsion is like the thing that sticks it to the acetate i see yeah is the emulsion sweet it might be. I've never actually licked it. That's, I mean, you don't really spend a lot of time licking the stuff in a dark room. <laughs> if you or really not, want to lick. Not, yeah, not more than once. Well, not in a photo dark room. I mean, I like. I would say that <laughs> a lot of the time that I dark, spend oh, licking okay. stuff is in a dark room. It's your Fair favorite enough. party game. <laughs> lick stuff in a dark room. Oh, uh, man. You're, li- you're licking a witch's eyeball. <laughs> Dude, I can tell it's a grape. Like, I, it tastes I, like I a grape. Like a grape. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I I read the most amazing thing the other day. Um, I forget the context in which I was reading it, but apparently there was a thing where, you know, like old school um, duels, right? Where two guys are pissed off at each other, so they have a, a duel to the death. And you think of that usually as being like, you know, everybody, both guys get a revolver and you do the 10 paces turn and shoot. But this was a different sort of duel, which was apparently a real thing in the in the South back in the day, where these two guys, they gave each of these two guys an identical Bowie knife, and they they took off their shirts and their shoes and, you know, basically just stripped down to their pants, and they locked these two guys 
in a totally dark room and didn't oh let God. them out until one of them was dead. <laughs> and that That's was how horrible. they dueled. It's hardcore, man. <laughs> that is fucking horrible. <laughs> that is awful. That is- I heard that's how Elliot Smith died. They, they just forgot to put the other guy in the room. <laughs> just knifed himself until they unlocked the door. <laughs> well, as far as he knew. Uh, that is awful. That is, that is fucking awful. Pretty awful to think about. My, my impression of a lot of those duels was that they were not necessarily to the death. Like, they just took one shot. Oh, yeah, were yeah. Often and if you were fatal. lucky, then yeah. Or you just miss, right? You like yeah. you'd miss or flesh wound or whatever. But it was more just like a, I had to do this to uphold my honor. But like obviously neither of us really wants to die. So, man, last week I went rock climbing and ripped up a, a reasonable little uh, circle of skin off of one of my fingers. And then the next <laughs> day, no, that day, I uh, I was making drinks for people and I squeezed lime with that oh. hand. And it was like one of the most painful. Uh, like Melissa thought I had um, had cut my finger off. I was like yowling in so much pain because I had just sliced a lime. Yeah, because it was just like it was like you know the the bottom layer of my skin um, just covered in lime juice. That sucks. Yeah, don't do that. Don't boulder. Here's the thing: I never fuck my fingers up the way that Kevin fucks his fingers up when we climb because a. If I if I'm like I don't think I can do this, then I just don't do it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you don't you don't push for it. Well, I mean, I I was rock. I was just uh, climbing ropes with you the other day, and I fucked up my middle finger in a totally new and different way, where I accidentally punched the wall. Ooh. And it uh, it took a bunch of skin off. That's another advantage to using good form, where you don't flail around a sure. lot. Is that like. <laughs> I mean, I do lose a lot of knee skin, right? Uh, from from my big old from, your legs from my big old flailing high stepping. Did you but, uh, uh, did you hear about that guy that was rock climbing or mountain climbing or something and snagged his wedding ring and just basically peeled all the yeah, skin off of his finger? Off, yeah. yeah. There's a there were a lot of stories uh, about that from uh, no. from uh, parachute dudes. When I was when I was hanging out with pilots a lot, there were a lot of stories about like jumping out of a plane and getting your hand caught on something, and your wedding ring just takes your whole finger off. <sighs> God, that's, like that's as tent, bad as like the a, dark like box and a worth knife. A yeah, no, this is we got a lot of terrible, Ugh. terrible images at play. Here. <laughs> this is this is the worst episode. <laughs> so, a knife in the dark, right? It's like alone in the dark. Video games, that happens all the time, and we're not horrified by it the way that we are. Some random story that Riff probably made up about two dudes that would both be dead by now anyway. (laughs) Am I not worried about knives in the dark in video games? Is that what you're saying? Well, I think you probably stabbed a lot of dudes that couldn't see you, and you don't care. If you played Deus Ex Human Revolution, you're stabbing them with weird Baraka cyber arms. Ooh. Baraka? Baraka Cyber Arms would be a good name for yeah, uh, like, weapons manufacturer. Yes, Shadowrun, yeah. New, 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 New York. Did you <laughs> did you ever see the movie Baraka? I did not. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. That's the one, Is doesn't that have like a scene with the factory that grades chickens? chickens? Yeah. yeah, that was really weird. It is grades a, to like a road, like you grade a road. Like it just it <laughs> smashes the chickens to a specific angle. They like sorting the chickens based on gender and like health attributes and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, it's interesting. It is there's no dialogue in the whole movie. It is set to a. How do you sort chickens without talking? 
um, you're you're not asking them what gender they are. <laughs> you are <laughs> sorry. So you're sexing chicks and chickens. You're not gendering to the chickens. <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I I spoke inappropriately. Right, because you couldn't gender them without asking them. Is right. what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is, how do you know? that a guy was sorting chickens according to their attributes without any dialogue. Were it's there signs obvious. that were like it is shitty? Obvious. There were two buckets. One of them said shitty chickens and one of them said <laughs> awesome there chickens. Was a, there was a woman. And each of she those was, was divided. She was like, take, she was taking the chickens and she was like looking at it and then she was tossing it in one of two holes. Okay. So they were only sorting them by gender? I think possibly. Okay. But they also looked at their. They also like did other. They were checking their feathers. There might have been. They put them on a. Hole they put them on a treadmill and strapped electrodes to them to see how their yeah. stress response was. Um, the void comp test for chickens. Or they test for cortisol <laughs> and the saliva <laughs> to see how freaked out they were about their childhood. Um, yes. Uh, they, they they gave them a they gave them a, a penile plethysmograph before realizing the chickens don't have penises. A plethysmograph is this like inflatable thing that you wrap around somebody's dick so is that, that you to can see if they get measure an arousal. Yeah, and then you show them a bunch of pictures of stuff to see what gives them a boner. In college, uh, <laughs> it's fucking horrible. In college, a friend of mine—I mean, I don't know from firsthand experience—was um, had heard that uh, you can test for uh, like <laughs> whether you have cancer if your hand is larger than your face. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, you can test for like um, erectile dysfunction by taking, uh, you know, like the stamps that used to come in rolls. You you take those stamps, and you wrap them around your member while it's flaccid, uh, and then you go to sleep. And if in the morning when you wake up, it, it the stamps have ripped. Then in the night you had an erection, and so mm-hmm. it's not you know it's, it's not a physical head, thing. It's got to be in your head. Yes, yeah. right. So um, so he did this. Just to, just to see what it was like. He was not having any problems. He was just like, does this work? Because, you know, he's like an experimental kind of guy. And uh, he woke up screaming in pain <laughs> because he had wrapped it around twice instead of just like <laughs> once. And it didn't, like, there was, no, mm. there was no way for it to break along a seam. Oh, so it, was just, man. it was just excruciating pain. Yeah. That's huh. awful. Yeah. That sucks. It was... It, I, there was one night we all we all basically slept in lofts in my fraternity in uh, college, and there was one day that I woke up and I was on the floor, and I don't remember because you had gotten such a huge boner that it catapulted <laughs> you out of your out. loft. <laughs> no, but I woke up on the floor and That's I don't remember how I got there. Like I must have fallen out of the loft at night, but just so I, did like not, in a room did full of dudes. You didn't. You didn't. I didn't have any injuries. I mean, did no, you sleep I, in a room with other, like other people? Usually, like, yeah, there were almost yeah, and in, in almost every room that I lived in, there were between one and three other guys. It was horrible. It was. There were times when it was annoying. Did you also have one of those big community showers? No. Well, I'm saying no. So like, we had we had bathrooms. If you wanted to jerk off, you just had to like bathrooms. go find a phone booth. <laughs> Hold on, um, I'm almost done with my call. <laughs> um, yeah. Ugh. Uh, communal living. Ugh. We we have we're living in an apartment with with people. Yeah, no, I know. And yesterday when I went to make a salad, my salad dressing was fucking gone. And everybody's like, I didn't take your salad dressing. That's but weird. I know one of you is fucking lying. <laughs> your salad dressing going going a wall is strange. You start rattling those two little steel balls in your hand, and Wait a eventually minute, there's a court martial. <laughs> Riff. What? You. 
you are on record on this very podcast as being an enthusiastic consumer of salad dressing. <laughs> Just one particular brand, though. You probably didn't buy that particular salad, salad dressing. True. Okay. But none, nobody else who's here recalls interacting with your Yeah, nobody, salad made it, nobody else but me has made a salad. Yeah. So it's very weird that it disappeared. It was at least half full. I mean, it was at least half empty. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, man, maybe something about this city just causes salad dressing to, maybe there's aliens that are stealing Vaporize. salad dressing out of our refrigerators. I bought another bottle. We'll see where that one goes. Yeah. Have you guys been playing any video games? Speaking of aliens stealing your salad dressing. Such <laughs> as aliens stole my salad dressing. <laughs> the sequel to Zombies <laughs> Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> So, uh, this past weekend, uh, I went to California Extreme. That's true. With you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it was a ton of fun. Um, probably, probably played six to eight hours of arcade and pinball games of varying sorts um, each day, which is a lot. That's a lot of games yeah, we're playing. That thing is exhausting. It's a lot of standing. It's, yeah. Uh, it's surprising. It's surprisingly tiring. Um, and so I figured what I would that what I would I would only talk about a couple. I took notes on almost everything that I played, and I figured that I would talk about a couple over the next couple of weeks, so as to not just spend hours and hours talking about it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought I would talk about today the uh, the ones that were either particularly unusual or very old. Often cases those two things overlap a lot. <laughs> um, did you play the shoot the bear game? The physical game with the bear running around the track yeah. and the light sensor. Yeah, I did once. It was a light gun game from 1947, and it was it was working pretty well. It was pretty cool, actually. It's like kind of like a shooting gallery where there's a I think maybe a dog. The idea is the dog is, the chasing, dog is the chasing the bear. The bear, yeah. And the bear runs around. And the bear has these windows with light sensors on each side, each side of and its, its torso stomach. and on its belly. Yeah. So if you if you hit the bear. It stops, stands up, exposing the light sensor on its belly, and then turns around and runs the other direction, exposing the sensor on the other side. And so you can get, you can get it sort of caught in this loop where you keep shooting it if you're really accurate. Um, but it's it's relatively hard. Um, but it, I was I was super impressed. It was like it was a surprisingly advanced thing for the 40s. Yeah, and the fact that it still <laughs> the fact that it was still in good repair. I mean, yeah. I guess you know if, if a you bunch just of made like your job to mechanical like, articulated stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was a complicated machine mm. to still be operational after eighty years. I had no idea they had years. light gun tech in the forties. Well, I mean, all you need is a light sensor, right? Because right? they had, I mean, obviously you they had, had a flashlight, flashlight. <laughs> right? Um, mm, okay. Because it was, I mean, it had a it had a pretty significant spread, right? Like it was, you were shooting maybe three feet, and it was the the light spot was inch, inch and a half across maybe yeah, little, yeah. you know a, a, an inch and a half the size of a quarter <laughs> no idea how to also it was nine feet i guess i don't know. <laughs> um, um there were some other there were some other interesting mechanical things there was that dune buggy i didn't game. Play, i never saw that one i don't know where that one i was. forget oh it was it was west that pointed that out to me so it had a you you looked inside it and there was just a physical like a little like a model train set a uh, landscape and you were controlling a dune buggy that could just go anywhere okay because the landscape was real 
but the dune buggy was not the the dune buggy you were seeing through glass it was like you were driving a little ghost car okay. on a real landscape and it had sensors that were positioned in the same places as the obstacles on the real side so that it would yell at you it would like you would lose points and it would shake the steering wheel and buzz if you hit something really but the car would keep moving Right, so you couldn't, like, it was like the car was colliding with the tree, but it wasn't actually damaging the little fake tree, hmm. right? There were no actual collisions. It was just all, like, you know, based on, based on some, like, copy of, mm. of the information about the Was it the an thing. old game, or was it? Yeah, it was old. Huh. It, I mean, it looked maybe, it, it's, its theming looked maybe, like, late 50s, early 60s. Wow. Um, but it was pretty impressive. That's interesting. You know, this little car you were driving around. But it was like the fact that it was kind of ghosty because the, the, the landscape was actually down below and vertical. Okay. Right? And the, the car, the machine was really big. Did you see the, the Time Traveler game? Yeah, that hologram yeah. thing. That's, yeah. I remember, I remember playing that a bunch of times in, in arcades oh, when you? I was a kid. Yeah. You must have gone to some cool arcades because there were a bunch of machines in, in, at California Extreme that I had just never even heard of or seen. Huh. Like... Nothing, I would, I would nothing be surprised if I went fancy. to cooler arcades than, than you did as a kid. Unless you just weren't really into arcades. I didn't go to a bunch of arcades, I yeah. guess. Um, I went to, like, you know, like, there were Chuck E. Cheese's and stuff like that, and they had terrible games a lot of the time. And um, I guess I never really sought out arcades. Time Traveler was in a big section there, which they didn't have last year, of a lot of really obscure Laserdisc games. Yeah, that's one of the ones I was going to talk about was The Act. Yeah, although that's from two thousand seven. It's a brand. Yeah, it's a yeah. new company that huh. tried to, that tried to like sort of revitalize that market. And I, I, I should probably look this up, but I, I'm getting the impression that they didn't yeah. get very far. They didn't yeah. make many games. I don't think or, they made many of the like. There weren't many copies <clears> of <throat> the act. I don't. I don't think it really. Right. But I played one called Cobra Command, which was, oh, yeah. which was a, and this was so in, in the arcade that was in the town that I was born in, which was like a half an hour away from where I grew up. It was like the closest actual arcade to my house. So it was the one where like they had Solar Fox. And so that's why right. I got super into Solar Fox. Like a lot of the games that I like sort of think of as emblematic of the arcade are just the random ones that happen to be in that arcade. But they had this game called Mach 3, which was a fighter plane game where it was real footage. It was real aerial footage of like, somebody flying through the Grand Canyon, for instance. But overlaid on that was a digital output of your plane, and then it would be like, oh, there's a, there is a, uh, like a, a SAM missile launcher. Super air missile. On the ground, yeah. So you got to shoot at it. And there's a, there's a plane coming up here, and so you got to, you know, lock a missile onto it or whatever. And it was pretty crude as a game went, but you were flying a jet plane through the Grand Canyon. That's really cool. With actual video footage. That was pretty fucking cool. I mean, it was... And that was a Laserdisc game? Yeah, yeah. It was just... Okay. There was a Laserdisc storing the, the, the film footage. And, you know... Was it playing like, it, like, where you felt like you were actually flying it at, like, plane yeah, speeds? Yeah, Wow. From That's the, cool. From the, and it was from the early 80s. You know? Huh. It was like that... Dra like, Dragon's Lair era. Dragon's Lair very much took off. Space Ace took off. Mm -hmm. And then there were some, like... That I had seen and heard of, like Cliffhanger, but yeah, they were quasi yeah. obscure. But then there were also like, like this was basically just a copy of the Wikipedia article on Laserdisc games. There was one <laughs> called, um, well, Cobra Command was just like a. It was the Gallagher. It was just one. all this anime helicopter combat footage, huh. and again. It would just place reticles over enemy helicopters, and if you didn't shoot them, like if you shot them, they got 
replaced with explosions. But okay. if you didn't, then it would just play a clip of, an, of a helicopter shooting a missile at you, and then you exploding and crashing. But they were really bad. They were all really bad. You can see why they didn't catch on. Like, mm-hmm. Dragon's Lair, I feel like, was not a good game. It had a bunch of expressive animation. It did, and, and it also had... The animation was made for the game, right? right? A yeah. lot of the a yeah. lot of the other ones just, I mean, like Cliffhanger was just that. What was that movie riff? The uh, Castle movie? of Cagliostro from the yeah. Lupin the Third series. Yeah. Um, D- Dragon's Lair felt more responsive than the other games. It probably wasn't. It's probably just that I gave it more of a chance and got used. to it. Did the other it. games just mm-hmm. have like a simple like because the the Dragon's Lair was just a was just a button. Like, you'd have a choice of, like, three buttons to press, and you had to do it Well, it was just quickly. direction, four directions and sword. Okay. Right, and that's how... There was, there was one that worked very similarly to that called uh, Super Don Quixote. Okay. Whoa. Which Which looked pretty neat. I mean, it was like a guy fighting skeletons with a sword, and it just... Uh, it was, it was not windmills? <laughs> no. Well, well, you know, who yeah, knows well, what they really were. But, uh... If windmills are giants, what are skeletons? Hmm. Just trees. Yeah. Box yeah. fans. Fans. <laughs> well, those pedestal fans, maybe. Sure. A box sure. fan would be like a goblin. <laughs> One of those little USB fans is just like a like a giant mosquito. So the interesting the the innovation in the act um, was that instead of buttons, it had a dial as your your means of interfacing. Did you play it at all? I watched some people play it. I never actually tried it. Um, I played all the way through it. I, after after watching. Somebody play all the way through it, and then watching Melissa play through the first couple of scenes, um, I started. I started from the beginning and <clears throat> got to the very end without losing a life. <laughs> um, which I didn't understand what the player agency was when I was watching it. Yeah, it's interesting. It starts off really simply and then becomes much more complicated as the game goes. So you you have a dial, and in the very first scene, you are. So the story is like you're a, you're a window washer outside a hospital, um, and you see this nurse that's very attractive, and you have this, the very first scene is just you having sort of like a, a fantasy sequence where you're imagining her sitting at a bar, and you in you know sort of in the restaurant sort of you're in a at white her. tuxedo, you're yeah, all, you're in a you're tuxedo, and she's in a fancy dress, um, and what you're doing is you your the dial is sort of. A measure of your sort of aggressiveness, right? So, like, if you swing it real fast all the way to the right, you go from like sort of standing aloofly to sort of like swaying your hips and like like sort of thrusting pelvically or whatever, and she gets freaked out and she'll leave. Um, but if you do it slowly, you like you know you're sort of looking away, and you can like you, the first the first little bit of movement has you look towards her, and then you sort of you know sort of point at her. And then, you know, as she sort of becomes like, oh, me or whatever, like there's just all these like cell animation frames. It's like it's I think it was made by ex Disney people actually who did all, did the art. Um, the animation is really it's really it's good. really good. It's really fluid. Like I feel like older Laserdisc games, you can always see the chinks. Right. And mm-hmm. You can see the seams. And, and, and these this were designed like... to loop very cleverly. <clears throat> uh, they did. The tech was pretty was pretty clever, I think. And I mean, in 2007, it. yeah, they had pretty much mastered moving images on a screen right like they, <laughs> sure they probably they didn't have to wait for a disc to spin up right the way that dragon's layer did right for instance um so yeah so you basically you are you're basically responding to what's happening on screen and like with the, that very first scene you're basically only ever moving the 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 um, dial to the right 
but you have to do it very sort of. Yeah, you're just sort of easing. You're easing into the to the more, into being how flirty you're being. Exactly. Like, God, I remember watching that and thinking like, this is probably not okay. Like this is probably a thing. If this game came out today, it would probably only, get, it would probably get savaged old, in though. the enthusiast press for its, its for its sexism. Well, is it sexism or is it just like generic, like gender roles? Well, it depends whatever. on who you ask. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the second scene was was more interesting though. So you sort of wake up from your your fantasy and your boss is staring at you. <laughs> sort of having like often your dreamland and you're you're on this like window washing ledge or whatever those are called the 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 little raising yeah what do you call those things that what are, what do you call the platform that a, a like the platform with pulleys on it that a window washer stands <coughs> on it's fucking it's probably a no thank you is what <laughs> yeah. i call it no, <laughs> jesus christ so no. your coworker, who's like this sort of like obese uh, drunkard, like is taking a drink out of a flask, and so you knock the flask out of his hand, and so then the scene, it, the scene where your agency sort of comes in is your boss is about to step out on the platform and like basically fire you, and your drunkard partner is like having a hard time like concentrating on the fact that he's supposed to be cleaning the windows, and so you have to alternate back and forth between like guiding him to like actually washing the windows and ameliorating your boss. Um, and you can, you can get through the scene very quickly if you do just the right amount of like, uh, like hand holding and then like, you know, sort of like waving them off and like reassuring, but you can also take the scene can take like 10 times as long as if you like overdo it and you like get him, like you, you like wipe the windows four times with him and then like go back to the boss and don't like, you're not strong enough with the amelioration or whatever. It's like, it's yeah, really So in that case, is the real just a toggle or is it? It's not a toggle. It's, it's the, the more like <clears throat> there is. There might be some sort of midpoint that you're going back and forth between, but you still have a lot of control over how far you go to any given side. Um, it, there's there is a spectrum of of action based on how far and how fast you turn it to one particular side, um, and the and the interactions become more complicated after that point. Like there's you're having to react to very subtle uh, cues in the in the scenes. Um, there's like there's one that's like sort of very straightforward video game where you're using the dial to sort of actually navigate like a maze kind of like just sort of through the through the hallway of the hospital or whatever. Um, I saw one where the your character is like dressed in a lab coat and trying to trying to pass as a doctor standing yeah. in a in a group of doctors. That one's more of a puzzle. Like that one like there are one or two that are just sort of more puzzle things. So that one Is there sound? There is a little bit of music playing. You can't hear it, and okay. we couldn't hear it at California Extreme. But yeah, I couldn't. Playing. I couldn't tell if the sound. I was like, is the reason that I have no idea what the fuck is going on because I can't hear this, or no. just because it is a complicated thing to wrap your head around? It's. I, I think watching it, it's a little confusing, right? So that one in particular is very confusing because it's to the left. When you, if you turn the dial to the left, you are sort of building up your confidence, and if you turn the, the dial to the right, you're you are moving towards the patient because you're like not really a doctor but you've like gotten to this sort of like situation where you're wearing a lab coat pretending to be a doctor um and if you don't have enough confidence you go up to her like with a shaking hand or whatever and she just oh no, no, no. i was out. talking about the um the standing by the elevator like trying oh. to convince the doctors that you belong there yeah that one's pretty interesting too that one you're each side is is like to the left is sort of more serious and to the right is more sort of jocular and the the doctors are like one there's a doctor on the left who's sort of like telling stories right and like the first one is like sort of a joke and you need to laugh about the uh, at, about the same 
time and like intensity as the other doctors and you can either be late not laugh at all or like go over the top um and, they, and they'll like look at you and you'll be sort of kicked out of the hospital if <clears throat> if you do that and then he'll tell something that's like everyone's like very serious about it or whatever and it's really it's like neat to see i mean the, the screw-ups are more sort of interesting i think than actually playing through it like as you're supposed to because like I, I think it might be the same thing with dragons like it's more fun right to see yeah because the, death, the, the death deaths are all yeah right and so that's it, because each playthrough each time you die you have to give them another dollar it's it's weird right it's like this mm. disincentive to actually seeing all the content which i thought was an interesting sort of structural choice because um, you can i mean if you consider seeing all the like failure modes part of seeing the content it's weird. I can I can understand why. I mean, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I can understand why this thing didn't catch on in arcades because I feel like you play it once. Yeah. Right. You, you know the almost every time I walked by that machine, there was a crowd of people watching it. It is very interesting to see. Yeah. Um, and I could imagine if they if instead of trying to put this in arcades, they put this in. Bars. Or an airport or something, yeah. right? Like in a place where you were getting a steady stream of different people going past it all the right. time. I think that would have been way more successful than potentially trying to put it in arcades. I don't know. I don't know what their marketing strategy was. It's. I could imagine this technology. You know, if they if they had been successful, you could come up with all kinds of cool scenarios, and I think it would have been really neat to see sort of the different little stories. I mean, I think if you played through it very quickly, you could get through it in twenty minutes or something. Um, but pretty long it is I mean that's pretty long for a, somebody who knows what they're doing I guess Dragon's Lair was Dragon's Lair might take 20 minutes to yeah. get through if you play perfectly yeah yeah I mean I guess that's the other thing too playing playing perfectly you can there is a lot of leeway between like I saw somebody do a, the scene where that I was talking about with the like female patient that you're like nervous about and she got through it in 30 seconds and when I did it it took maybe two minutes because I wasn't quite getting it but you can you have a lot of leeway where you can sort of fumble around trying to find the right pattern basically i'm curious on the on the back end what the actual state tracking is like yeah right i mean are you is is there just like a like a fulcrum and you're trying to move all the way to the right and 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 so failures when you're doing well are not a big deal failures when you're doing poorly you lose I think there are, I think you might graph it with some sort of like waveform and there are like peaks and valleys and if you push it past a particular peak, you'll roll down the, the sort of negative side, but maybe there's some peaks and valleys in the middle that you can sort of be in local minima or local maxima and still within the game, stuff is happening on the screen. Like you can sort of, after watching it a couple of times, you can sort of see when the the, the people that you're interacting with will transition from one set of animations to another, and so you have a sense of when you're supposed to change tactics, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I saw maybe three minutes of that flirting scene, and it was like, there were definite states of how far toward you she was turned right. that, yeah. were, that seemed to be significant yeah. state changes. And, like, so, the, like, not to be spoilerific, I don't know if anybody will ever play this game, but, like, that the the very last scene is basically another scene with that same character but in real life and it is 
a thousand times harder because the changes are much more subtle. The failure conditions are much more rapidly reached. Um, like I got to the point, I got to that last scene and then I died like four times where I hadn't had any tr trouble, hmm. not died, but I, I failed four times where I hadn't failed at all up to that point. Like, I mean, do you, is it actually the same thing just with the sensitivity turned up or is it a subtly different? It's very different. It's not just a, I mean, I guess it is kind of just a boldness thing, but it is reactive. You You need to traverse sort of an invisible maze of, like you need to sort of look look at her briefly, but then look away and spend a, a significant time where she sort of notices that that you're sorry, basically, by not sort of being aggressive, and then she will like her. She'll like sort of relax just a little bit, and then you sort of like move. And this is all you know. <clears throat> all this is articulated just by a dial, right? So like, it's a pretty good sized dial too. It, yeah. It like, yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. 400 inches across. <laughs> yeah. I'm, hold, I'm holding up my hands for the it's like size of a hockey puck. It's like, it's like yeah. a hockey puck that you rotate. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was super interesting. It was, it was definitely one of the things that I was most, most interested to play. I, I waited around for like, I think half an hour to get a chance to play with play it. Yeah. This, this California extreme way more so than last year. And th this is a shitty thing to say. Um, given that this was your only one, but I didn't play nearly as much stuff this year because there were just more people there oh, really? and fewer functional machines. Like there were not nearly were as many broken, broken machines. machines last year. Yeah. Um, they were just, I don't, I don't know if they were just doing a better job of cracking the whip on dudes to keep their games running, but there, there were also constantly games being worked on right. last year. Like they were divided up into these aisles where there was always somebody behind the machines with a soldering iron. Oh wow. Like fixing the busted arcade machines. But yeah, I don't know if, I don't know what the deal was, but I yeah I just spent a lot of time walking around the floor, deciding not to wait in line to play a game because I just huh. didn't want to wait in line. Um, one of the other games that I really enjoyed that was not really a video game was Billy Bowl. Yeah. You you told me to check that out, and M Melissa and I got there early on Sunday and just went straight there, and even then we had to wait for a group to finish playing it. But we got I think to play. I talked about it some last year. I'm gonna go get a beer while you tell your okay. Billy Bowl story. Um, <clears throat> so it is. It is a game of uh, bowling, basically, but with billiard balls, and you have you have pool cues, and you can have between one and three players. Are and these actual physical billiard balls? Actual physical billiard balls. Okay. Um, and so you, <clears throat> they like the machine sort of sets the balls up, and they are arrayed kind kind of like y you would have uh, pins in bowling, but um, instead you have, I think it's eight balls on the table one two three four five six seven eight yeah eight balls on the table um and then um you get just like in bowling you get you know your first ball and then you get a second ball if you didn't get a strike i think it's nine it's a diamond it isn't a diamond there's no back ball oh really yeah <clears throat> uh, um, I thought there was. Well, actually, there should be nine. Oh balls. no, no, there's not. I figured this out last year. The way that it adds up to ten for bowling score is that you have to sink the sh the, the 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 shooter cue ball, ball twice. Oh, it's the eight object balls and then the the okay. cue ball twice. Okay, that makes a lot more 10. sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, I never got a strike the whole time I played. We played. I think we played two whole games. Um. And Melissa got a couple strikes. I, I did get into a pattern where I was sinking eight balls and then making a spare. Sinking eight balls, making a spare. Like, that yeah. was 
just sort of the the, the majority of the time. Um, I never figured out how to make a strike, but it was extremely satisfying. It's it's a skill based game that is just I don't I don't know why it was so compelling, but it was really really fun. It's another one of those things where I can sort of understand why it didn't catch on. It seems like if that machine was at a bar, it would always be broken. Mm. Because it's sure. just a lot of moving parts. Yeah, the ramp has to go up and down because it goes up to reset the balls and then down to like knock anything off that wasn't sunk. That process is also very time consuming. It's pretty slow. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's neat. Like everyone should go to California Extreme and play <laughs> it because it's fun. It had instructions in both English and Japanese, so I wondered. Yeah, well, the coin slot took yen. Wow. Like, that one okay. was from, like, I don't know that that thing ever actually made it to the U.S. as a commercial product. Oh, that sucks, because you know, that would be a game that you could put in the corner of a bar and would, I think, as if it continued to work, would chug down dollars all night long. Maybe. Because um, it's, I mean, you could play it by, the thing is, you can play a game by yourself and still enjoy it. So you don't I, have to have anybody else there. I think maybe if it was in the corner of this theoretical nerd bar that you and I want, well, that people sometimes open and then nobody shows up and they go out of business. Do you think it's fundamentally different than a dartboard? No, but I think it is fundamentally nerdier than a pool table, which the bar already has and which okay. Bubba Broneck is going to always go to instead of this video game shit. In the same way. Yeah. You can ruin the felt or something. Well, it can. I mean, a coin-op, there are things that oh, can go sure. wrong okay. in a coin-op pool table, but that, you're, you're right <clears> that they don't. They don't run. And a pool that. table can get pretty shitty, and the drunk dudes are just going to be like, ah, oh, this is a shitty pool table. Right. Not, I'm not going to play pool because this pool table is shit, right? Man, like, I just, yeah, wow, I never even thought about that. I would just not want to own a pool table in a, in a bar because I, I just, I would know that it was just going to get ruined. Yeah. Ugh. That's, and it would drive you nuts. Like you yeah. would, you would refelt the table, and then the first fucking game, somebody yeah. would just spill <laughs> a beer on it, dri- and then yeah, or just drive the drive the cube, just right dig a it. trench in the fucking felt. Yeah, yep. no, it's ah, oh, god. The, yeah, I you know, I I just need to be uh, more Buddhist in my thinking and just be unattached to all of these material possessions that I don't even own. Like it's bothering. Yeah, like me. there's an imaginary <laughs> pool table that you own. You really need to free yourself from the stress. Well, that's pretty Zen, though. So it, I guess it is. Like, what is the what is the sound of no hand breaking? <laughs> um. Yeah. What? Uh, here. What else did I do that was unusual? Um, did you play the penny pitch game? A little bit. I didn't understand it. It was confusing. I yeah. did not figure out what was happening. That was a game where you were spinning a big heavy wheel to make... To represent tossing lights. a penny over a fountain at your at the, like the play, your opponent's feet, basically. I didn't know what my goal was, and I didn't know <clears throat> if it was a one- or a two-player game, and I didn't know what the state that was being expressed to me meant. It was in the middle of a game when I walked up to it, so oh, okay. it was even more confusing. That, that is, yeah. So the way that this game worked, I think it is, I, I'm guessing it is an analog of a real game that is probably also called Penny Pitch, which is basically horseshoes for kids. Um, the idea is you have... <laughs> you well, mean not like just like, them li- yeah, little feet, sneakers, yeah. Well, just no, horseshoes. Like, instead of have, giving them like these heavy <laughs> objects to throw, they just toss a penny, and you have... Like a range of or shuffleboard, but you tossing it instead. It's like a co- combination of 
a cross between shuffleboard cookies, and, but you toss them. And uh, horseshoes. Um, so in reality, this would be like a sidewalk that you would draw some lines on and you would throw a penny and depending on where it landed, you would get some points. Or if it landed offside the field, outside that field, you wouldn't get any at all. Um, and in the game, this was represented by spinning a metal wheel, which I'm, I'm guessing that the designers had in mind that you would just spin the wheel once and it would you would you would just sort of accept however um, like where you landed because you could you could sort of cheat by spinning it and then like keep your hand sort of rotating it and then sort of try to stop it at the right place or whatever. Um, what is not apparent from walking up to the machine is that the arc of the little lights goes past the the sort of fountain and then lights up an area in front of the kids sort of in the dark. This is just like a plastic screen with lights behind it to light up where the penny is. Yeah. But it's it's sort of like a tiger handheld game except with except it's a tiger size of a fucking refrigerator. It's not an L C D, it's just a yeah, it's it's like a freezer chest kind of game. Um and yeah, if you get the the best possible position is getting the getting the penny to land on the line, which in some of the rounds means you get to throw again, um, and the the you know if you throw it too far you get zero points. You don't throw it far enough you get zero points, and then there's like you know one two or three points. Um, but it was it was pretty fun actually. Once we figured out how the game worked, um, there's it's it's another skill based game because uh, you you have to know how hard to spin the metal wheel. Um, and it's it's neat. It's you know it's like a it's like darts, but all of these games which are sort of trying to capture like actual real world activities, but abstracting them in some way. I can see why these don't persist, but they're in you know in and of themselves they're like neat approaches to sort of trying to like capture this sort of fun game that you might have played when you were a kid or whatever, you know. Um. Yeah, it's weird that the notion of like simulating something fantastical came decades into there being an industry where you were simulating various things. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess there was, you know, bear shoot, I guess, you know, people <laughs> in the forties did not routinely get to go out and shoot them a bar. Right. But, uh, maybe I some mean, of them. I wonder if carnival games are sort of holdovers of, of these kinds of things. You know, you, yeah, like how your caveman ancestors would, be attacked by three milk jugs on a pedestal. <laughs> they would only have one uh, base ball of ball. leaves. To, yeah. um, those are most of the like super strange ones. I also played some like Atari prototype games and some old, really crappy games. Have you been to the uh, Musée Mécanique here in San I have Francisco? Not. It is. I would not suggest making that what you do with your day you know like I don't get excited about it but it's worth seeing it's not as cool as you think it's gonna be but it's it's pretty cool that's all just like old like penny and yeah like nickel Nickel- Nickelodeon kind of stuff some of it is it, it, it is largely not super interactive um, really yeah there's less games and more just like put in a quarter and you'll see a little puppet show oh huh um, that's put on automatically. Okay, I mean, but that, I mean, that's what they, they say. It's musée mécanique, not uh, yeah, musée. Not, yeah, Ludo. not like old school arcade. Yeah, lol. which is what I would call an old school <laughs> arcade if I was making one. Uh, the the pictures that I took of games 
uh, were. Is that uh, how you took your notes? You just yeah, that is. I just, and I hoped to remember what I was going to say about them. Uh, I played Super Contra, which is a game that I huh. had. I think they had it at Walmart or something. Is this one where you get 900 lives if you enter the Konami? You don't. In fact, it is a game, it is an arcade game with a limited number of continues. Whoa. Which I thought was pretty surprising. Like, I made it to, like, a third boss, and after I got killed eight or nine times by that boss, and, you know, well, lost all my guys eight or nine times to that boss, it was just like, yep, game over. Huh. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. Huh. Um, I took a picture of Inferno, which is a game that I don't think that I had ever seen before. I don't know. It was a twin stick shooter laid out on a kind of a Crystal Castles style maze. I don't think that it actually had multiple heights in it the way that Crystal Castles does, but it was like there were a lot of games there, like Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters and that Moonquake game that you Mm -hmm. did that just illustrated to me how much I fucking hate games that are a square grid at a 45-degree angle. If they're going to have any kind of height variation. Well, even if they don't. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah, I just, for whatever reason, it's it just doesn't... I don't internalize it the same way, and it's just constantly, like... I'm constantly moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, exactly. That's and that not... fucking never, ever happens to you in Pac-Man. That never happens to you in space. You're never like, oh, I meant to go left, but I accidentally went right. That is not a thing. But, like... Up and left and up and right are just not as different from one another as up and right. If I mean, if we had diagonal keyboards instead of sure, and you think with a joystick ones. this wouldn't be a big deal, but I feel like yeah, I then. feel like just mentally, you. I mean, this is like everybody thinks of California as being straight up and down. It's totally not, right? Well, it's, it's like a forty-five. It's like a forty-five degree. Like California sits at like a forty-five degree angle. To well, it's got to the, the top equator. bit is up straight up and yeah, down, yeah, and but then it's. it's it's a, it's like a but I'm saying it's like a it, lazy L. Like it just as a psychological principle, we tend to organize things in a grid. Sure. Right? And that's why I, my graph paper notebook without uh, lines is so awesome. Oh Jesus Christ, could you imagine if every other row in that fucking thing was offset by half a square? Yeah, that would fuck. It would go from being the best <laughs> notebook in the world to the worst fucking notebook anybody ever conceived of and made. Sure. You'd, all, the only thing that you would write in it was, why the fuck did you make your <laughs> shitty notebook? And then you would just throw it at the person who gave it to you. Uh, if every other row was offset by half a square, it would just be a higher resolution, <laughs> wouldn't it? Or would it just be diagonal? It would be diagonal. Di- diagonal would potentially be okay. That'd no, be, it wouldn't. That'd be interesting. No, it wouldn't. You're wrong, and you're shitting on my point. So <laughs> you're double wrong. Um yeah, so Inferno was you're you're moving around in a maze. You can shoot through the like it's not really a maze. It's like if you if you if you made a maze and then you just disappeared the walls. So you're just on a series of paths that are floating free. And you shoot dudes and then they turn into ghosts and then you got to pick up the ghosts because if the ghosts make it back to like home base, then they turn back into dudes. Um and then it, there's like I think this might have used the same hardware as Joust, uh, except it had two joysticks because the font was the same, and I think it said "Thy game is over" when you when you (laughs) lose. Um, But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything super remarkable. It was just a it was an arcade game that I don't think that I had ever heard of before I got there. Um, Played a really old arcade game called Gremlin Blast. Did you play that? No. It was monochrome. It's awful. It is. There might have been a one-player variant, but 
the button to start a two-player game was on the left, and the button to start a one-player game was on the right. That's oh, wrong. God, speaking of which, fucking cloak and dagger. <laughs> I come back to that. Um, so it's monochrome. You are a spaceship. You move on a grid, but you, like, hit joystick down, and your spaceship will rotate to face down. And then you hit joystick down again, and it will move down so it's like a facing and it's it the joystick changes your facing without moving you and then moves you if you want it to right so you can hold it down joysticks are super stiff yeah you can shoot and your shots will either destroy a dot of the giant field of dots that you're in or if it hits a bomb it will explode everything within a radius of it and then it can chain react out that way and you're just trying to shoot the other dude who starts on the other side of the play field um it's just like if a you, spaceship if you battle. run into a dot do you die no you don't you just can't go through them, I don't think. Um, oh, so it's not a continuous. It's field not of all dots. dots. No, okay. it's like a it's like a grid of it's like a city map where the blocks are dots and the streets are I clear. Um, but yeah, no fun at all. It was huh. it just old. What was it called again? Gremlin Blast. Weird. Just old and obscure, and just the controls were pretty bad. And uh, so then I played another twin stick shooter called Splat, which. Wow, very strange. A lot you, of these I don't think I even saw. You pick a character, and you can, and the characters are like foxy chick and beefy dude, or something. I don't remember exactly how they were characterized, but that's more or less. That was know, how every game began. Character archetypes. Yeah. It was like a food fight, except that instead of you only being able to throw food when you're standing on a watermelon or whatever. Oh fuck, that reminds me of the Gallagher game too. Which yeah, we should I was, talk about. I was gonna bring that up. Um, there, is, there are like these conveyor belts at the top of the screen. You're moving around free in four directions, but there are conveyor belts at the top of the screen which are dropping pieces of food that are subject to gravity in a way that you aren't. And so okay. you catch them, and the first one you catch goes into your right hand, and the second one you catch goes into your left hand, and you can you use the shooting joystick to throw one of them. You have one opponent who's moving around subject to the same rules as you. Okay. Um, if you get hit by fruit your head gets knocked off and starts bouncing around and then you can catch it and put it back on your head or they can catch it and it just becomes ammo for them. Like they can throw your own head okay. at you. Um, and yeah, that was pretty terrible. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. That sounds strange. You know what else I was really excited about, but then turned out to just not be any fun at all was that giant multiplayer Pac-Man game. That is fairly modern. <sighs> I liked it, but was frustrated by how random it was. Hmm. Okay. So, it's Pac-Man, and you have up to four people in the maze. Right. And... What, is it? what was it called? It had some sort of name. Uh, let's see. I don't know, because the fucking... Maybe the, no. Oh, the HDR version of the photo is not so blown out. Oh, nice. It is Pac-Man Battle Royale. Okay. Yellow Pac-Man versus Pink Pac-Man versus Blue Pac-Man versus Red Pac-Man. Yeah, so it was it was a little weird to be a, a Pac-Man of a different color than yellow. That was just mentally jarring. Um, but you have four Pac-Mans on the screen all at once. Um, the maps are not the standard Pac-Man maps. They are sort of each round. It's, not a, it's a newer game, so it's on a widescreen right. monitor that's up. <clears throat> The controllers are giant Pac-Mans. The center the starts with the starts with ghosts, just like a regular Pac-Man. Um, some of the map is filled with dots. Uh, collecting dots doesn't really mean anything. That is the thing that was the most frustrating to me about this game. Uh, Pac-Man, 
It is a Pac-Man game where eating dots is 100% meaningless. It is, it is 95% useless. If, if all the dots are consumed, it refreshes the screen with more dots, including more power-ups. Eh, okay. Right. So there are a couple ways to get the screen to refresh. If you okay. Eat the, so okay. If, if, there's a, if you eat a fruit, it refreshes all the dots on the screen. If you eat all the dots, it refreshes all, this, all the, the dots on the screen. Okay. I, I, I rescind my complaint. Um, but it is the, where those power pellets show up is random each time. Where the dot chains show up is pretty random every time. So when you get a power pellet, it makes you big, and then you can eat the other Pac-Mans. Yeah. And that Which is knocks cool. them out for the rest of the round. I like that. I like that um, idea. When anyone is big, all the ghosts are harmless. When anyone is big, yeah. If you're you're big, you can eat the ghosts. If you are small, you don't get hurt by the ghosts because you huh. you become the you you turn that same shade of blue that the ghosts are because you're edible now. If you're if you're not big, um, but you yeah they don't hurt you. You don't hurt them. Um, the big Pac-Mans move just slightly faster than the small Pac-Mans, uh, which is aggravating. Mm. Well, so like you get hunted if you're like if there is it's I mean there's there is some strategy to the game. Oh, sure. But, but man, it's like so much stuff happens randomly that like it's really hard to react to that. Um, if you're the same size Pac-Man as another Pac-Man and you collide, you bounce back and you have the sort of like you're delay stunned a little stunned bit. Delay. Yeah. Um, it's it it seems like it would be a very neat game to have at like a nerd party where you wanted to have some some stuff for people to interact with around the fringes or whatever but it's not i don't think it's a particularly compelling I, yeah I, I just sort of wish there was more going on right like i wish that like if there if there were just if the different rounds had different rule sets where yeah. it's like one of them was no ghosts how many dots can you eat so it's just like a, all right we're going to keep shifting this maze around and who finds the most efficient <clears throat> way through it to get all the dots or whatever right. you know and like the game lasts five rounds and at the end they give like sort of a status report of like basically trying to make everybody feel good so it's like you know this person sort of won the most rounds this person ate the most ghosts yeah, it's, very, this person it's very mario party ate the most pac-mans because you can still you can eat the most pac-mans and still not win because the the only win condition is being the last one standing so if one dude eats two of the other players and then gets killed uh. by a ghost the other guy which was just hanging out in the corner can win like that's that's the thing like you it's can not be, so much you win as everybody else loses yeah <laughs> right so that's that was frustrating to me um but that said, you know, maybe I'm just angry because I didn't win. <laughs> yeah, I only played once and I did fairly poorly. Yeah. But uh, I did eat two Pac-Mans. It told me that at the end. It's like, I ate a bunch of something for you to be proud of. Ghosts. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is, is neat and showy, but not necessarily deeply compelling. It just doesn't have to be. Like, that makes me sad because there is so much more you could do with that. Just a thing where you were playing a four-player game, which was Pac-Man themed, where everybody had a joystick and a button. Did you play that crazy 5v5 game that was in the back? No. Um, it was just, a, there was like a big plywood box with five joysticks and joystick and button combos and i think it was kind of jousty it was like a 5v5 joust game no that sounds cool huh i didn't see that i don't remember what it was called or anything about it there were, there were like dudes and you could turn into bees and some of the guys were bees and you could either kill everybody or you could have an economic victory which was like <laughs> these jewels and 
filling up your hive with are, jewels. Are you sure this is a real game and it wasn't maybe just a box with a joystick covered in LSD? <laughs> hmm. Mm. It did get more interesting as time passed. And then I got to a really cool part and I drank some orange juice and the cool part lasted longer. Um, yeah, so it could be. What have you been playing, Riff? Uh, I played the alpha for uh, Viscera Cleanup Detail. Oh, yeah? Have you have you heard of this? I watched the, I watched the YouTube video. I didn't yeah, play it. Yeah, it's, it's oddly satisfying. Um, it's for just any, like my virtual janitor job though right like yeah but that's why that's what's odd about it that <laughs> because it, it, it like okay well let me explain what it is for anybody that hasn't heard about it so imagine like your standard uh science fiction first person shooter where the space marine is running through the space station blowing away aliens and the end result of this is massive pools of blood and smears of blood all over the walls and piles of giblets and and ammo casings and and uh this game is after all of that has already happened you're the janitor whose job it is to go in and clean all that shit up so you've got a mop and a bucket of water and a biohazard container to drop chunks of meat and shell casings into and that's basically the game is is walking around this this space station cleaning up blood and dropping giblets and uh, shell casings into a box and then throwing the box into a furnace um first person mopper yeah but it's it's really fun and i don't know the the physics caused some hilarious things to happen because if you put too much stuff into a biohazard crate it gets noticeably heavier and easier to tip over so so all the shit in it sprays all out over the floor (laughs) and uh when uh the the mop buckets come out of like a, a machine that generates new mop buckets and it like pushes the bucket out onto the onto a ledge and the machine is two sided so like eventually you need a new mop bucket because your mop bucket mop water turns totally bloody so it doesn't clean the mop anymore. In fact, so I, you start putting more blood down. Yeah, you start yeah, smearing blood all over the place. So um I was wondering what what you had to do with the used up buckets and I noticed that the mop generator had two sides on it so it's like, "Oh, okay, you put the you put the used up bloody bucket on the other side of the the mop thing and it probably pulls it in and then you get the new bucket out the other side that's not actually true what happens is a you put the you put your blood filled bucket on the little shelf and the door on that same side opens and another mop bucket comes out knocking the bucket that you put on there off <laughs> the the shelf at a high rate of speed so it hits the wall and sprays blood everywhere again <laughs> and uh it's that's a pretty amusing yeah and thing uh, not everybody would see necessarily yeah and just when you spot the blood stain that's on the ceiling that you have to go hunt down a a crate that's small enough for you to jump on top of but tall enough for you to reach the ceiling with your mop <laughs> man just describing it it sounds like the worst game but it was a lot of fun 
And it's <laughs> it, it's still uh, super early alpha, so this there's... This was like a game jam game, right? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. It may have been. I, I think, think they was... made it in like, yeah, a couple of days. So yeah, probably. Yeah. But they're still working on it. Uh, I, I emailed them a bunch of feature suggestions and they wrote me back going, woo, thanks. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> Uh, did, you, I, did you ask for uh, salad dressing as a reward for completing <laughs> each mission? Oh, man. Now I have to write them again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I also I started playing um, the new uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4 on 3DS, but I'll talk about that next week because I'm still very, very early into it. Okay. And that's That's about it. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about, Kevin? Not. I, I'll save a bunch of my stuff for future shows. Well then, beep boop. What's in the news, Kevin? Uh, the most interesting thing. So, Steam sales going on this week. If you're living under a rock, uh, you should you should log yeah, into Steam. Ugh. Spend all your money. Spend all your money. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've only spent like twenty dollars. So yeah, far. I mean, I've, I've only spent and I've like, earned a dollar twenty-four. That's true. <laughs> yeah, the Steam trading card thing is fucking weird because it was for yeah. me it has I have gotten the same card every time and I have sold it for fifteen cents every time and so it's just this huh. weird fifteen cent discount on ten dollars of purchases or whatever. I got two of the same card which I sold for fifteen cents each and then I got a foil card which I sold for like a dollar nine yeah which like crazy <laughs> right like these are I feel like there's no game associated with this. I feel like Gabe Newell is just fucking with us at this point. He's like, <laughs> I'll bet I could get somebody to give somebody else a dollar for no fucking reason. Yeah. And then uh, sure enough. who else? Who else? Bill Gates was like, no, you can't. And Gabe was like, yes, I can. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it at all. It's, it is like the Diablo 3 auction house, but for real money and Yeah, it was like real shit. money and stuff that doesn't do anything at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't even click on it to blow the or, picture up yeah, into a info or more visible res- resolution or anything. Yeah, it's so, nuts. you know, if the developers get more money because people are selling their cards, that is awesome. Here's a question. Actually, yeah. no, I guess that, I guess Valve also takes a cut. I was like, if it's if you had uh, a card that you just traded back and forth between two people, I wonder if you could game that system. But I'm I'm sure that you lose a little bit of money every time. Yeah, because right? yeah, so. if you were a developer, I guess was my question: Could you? But if Steam is also taking a cut each time, then, then you just you're just f- losing money to Steam. So mm. never mind. Uh, you and you're trying to exploit systems so that nobody else can ever use them. Sure, I mean that's my job. You know why you can't get a free Coke when you open a fucking bottle of Coke anymore? <laughs> it's because of Kevin. <laughs> it isn't actually because. I didn't publicize that shit. You knew I the exploit and just kept it to your fucking self yes. and just drank free soda for six months. And got some Red Sox tickets, which I sold for a couple hundred bucks. And See, that's shit. getting into sketchy territory. That's well, but, okay. I mean, I wasn't going to go to a baseball game. Uh, yeah. And neither was that poor orphan boy who that was his only chance to go to a baseball game. He say spent his last dollar on a bottle of Coke. <laughs> if he had just bought them from me for 150 bucks, it would have been great. 
Yeah. You would have uh, figured out how to tell from the outside whether a Wonka bar had the golden ticket in it. Sure. And Charlie Bucket never would have had the life affirming, wonderful experience <laughs> that he had. Well, but I would have been because I would have been you the would TV have sold kid it or whatever. Right? <laughs> you would have sold it to another uh, another Veruca Salt. Oh. Okay. Sure. They just bought all the. They didn't buy the ticket from somebody, right? They, they bought, bought all the candy. All the can- they hired the the sweatshop full of yeah. ladies to open the candy bars, right? All right, Griff's back from his little plug safari. So, so yeah, so so Steam sale. Uh, the reason I mentioned the Steam sale is because uh, Valve sort of launched uh, a website. Steam sale sounds like the thing that propels a Zeppelin. Yep. Uh, and the website that they launched is called Pipeline or Valve Pipeline. Um, Valve Pipeline seems like the way the steam would be delivered to the steam sale. Exactly. Uh, and the idea behind it is really interesting. It, it, there isn't really anything there yet, and it will probably be a month or two before it has anything. And I'm, I'm not sure whether it will yield anything in the long run, but it is a website built by high school interns at valve for other high school students to sort of give them an insight into how to get into the video game industry if that's what they want to do um so you know maybe this will sort of be very eye-opening for for people or maybe it won't end up amounting to much but it's it's a neat idea it's like i think valve recognizes that you know, a lot of their content at this point is being developed by their player base, right? Like Team Fortress stuff, like, you know, ten- like that trading card with a dick on it. Sure, in Team Fortress, t- ten times as much content is produced by players than is produced by Valve. Or so it's just weird because I feel like in with this specific example, in a perfect world, Team Fortress is not a game that has content what do you mean by a perfect world like i kind of feel like the hats and the weapon changes and stuff just detract yeah they just they are just some shit that's nailed onto a good thing people like it though i mean there is a there is a thriving community of people that create and consume content and people like it but from from a from a critical standpoint, I think that it's it's possible for it to be true that a lot of people like it and it makes the game worse. Well, I think it might make the game worse for a new player. I think that it might make the game richer and more diverse for the the like crazy I played this game six hours a day player, right? Like Yeah, like if you're just thrown into the middle of it and everybody's, you know, looking like Pikachu and the Wizard of Oz and, you know, Easter Island heads or whatever, like that's going to be super confusing and then you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on? But when you see, when you've already seen those a dozen times and then you see something new, you're like, oh, that's, that's like a little bit of novelty. That's cool. Man, I really like that, you know, that Harry Potter hat or whatever. I want one of those. And then you go and you buy it from the guy that made it for 50 cents or I mean, I don't actually sure. know how this works, but, um, that, that's kind of cool. I mean, there, I, there are people that I, as far as I understand are making their livings by designing shit for team fortress Two, Right. 
which fascinating, right? Like that is a that is a, a fascinating culture that that's possible. I mean, people also I guess make their livings by making YouTube videos about Minecraft, right? Like or random shit in Second Life. I think is yeah. more that's of a, an equivalency that's... here. Yeah, well, I mean, in in all of these cases, people are designing things, you know, like they are using their intellect and their talent to yeah. to create something that other people are willing to either purchase directly or support by watching their stuff so that they can get ad revenue or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Valve very much, I think, is moving in the direction where they are expecting player-created content to be the future, you know? And they don't seem to be having as many of the, you know, flaming peni problems as, as other places. So maybe they've figured out how it's going to work. Um, I wrote down on my, my little sheet here that Evo 2013 happened. I fucking have no idea what it is. I mean, it's <laughs> a fan run fighting game convention slash tournament right yeah right I mean, but it's, it's like a, it's like esports and like people were super excited about it and there was just like there was like a indie, lot of it's chatter like indie version of esports right it's, uh, it's is it uh, like fuck i don't know like it's the dragon con to it's the dragon con to the starcraft finals san diego con it seemed really it seemed really intense there were a lot of there were a lot of people talking about it and there's a lot of like infrastructure support and there were a lot of people there and like is it is it really that indie? I don't I don't know. I don't know, man. Fighting uh, games, man. But yeah, like yeah, that this is a world this is a segment of video game play that I just have no knowledge of. Yep. And I feel like, you know, it's possible that I could potentially get into one of those games and be excited by high level competitive play, but none of the games that they played were things that I had ever interacted with basically um i think it's one of those things maybe like competitive starcraft play where you need a good commentator who is good in the sense of explaining to somebody who doesn't already know all of the strategies and the terminology what the fuck is going on right in real time which is pretty tough to do i'm zach i'm still riff fuck yeah Okay, so technical difficulties. I don't think we said anything interesting. Well, it's. I think we're fine because I don't know that Rift yeah. chimed in. Yeah, that uh, that's true. So it might not have any impact at all. So you I think I said something about that. Team Fortress, but that was about it. Okay. Um, let's see here. Ubisoft, uh, they talked about how, I guess back in April, they talked about how um, they were people should expect to see more sequels from them. And they recently, their like PR exec uh, came out and specifically said, "We're not making any new games unless we can, unless we expect to be able to make a franchise out of it. Like they're just not willing to take risks on new intellectual property unless they are very firmly convinced that they'll get five or six games out of it." And that was interesting to me. It's like the the money has gotten so, like the the AAA high end money has gotten so sort of worried mm-hmm. that they're not willing to take any more. Yeah, because they're having to pay game. hundreds and hundreds of different guys off of a single game. Yeah. Well, and for and for like four or five years of development. Like, you know, yeah. it's not... It is, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars to develop these 
crazy high-end AAA titles. And then and then all of the marketing that they have to do. And once see that's the thing. Like once you make an Assassin's Creed one and it does really well, then it's a lot easier to get people excited about a two and a three and a four and so on. Yeah, you just you just uh, make <clears throat> you you turn up the orange on all of the textures right. by four <laughs> percent. Put a two on the end of the title in the title yeah. screen. Hey, Assassin's Creed two. That said, I'm pretty excited about Watch Dogs. I don't know if you know anything about about that. I don't. So it's, it is a new IP that they're releasing, and it is Grand Theft Auto, but the main character is a hacker, and you're wandering around basically, I think, Chicago. It's not Neo Chicago? It, well, I think it's. I think it might actually just be new, based new, very new, heavily new, on real new, Chicago. New Chicago. But you can hack into ATMs to get cash. You can hack into people's phones to hear what they're talking about. You can hack into traffic lights to control whether they're red or green you can hack into elevators to make them move you can like basically you know you can make an elevator move without hacking into it and in fact sure i feel like i would be a lot more comfortable in an elevator that was operating according to its established tolerances (laughs) than one that i hacked so the one thing that i know about a hacked elevator it will fucking murder emilio estevez (laughs) like first scene (laughs) i don't know if you even find out his name that's how deadly a fucking yeah, hacked elevator that's is. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty sudden. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited about that game. I you know I it will probably be three years before I play it because that's my style. <laughs> I will wait until it's super cheap on Steam or something. Also, that scene doesn't make any fucking sense. Why would there be fucking retractable spikes on the top of an elevator? <laughs> well, if it's also a torture device. Yeah, right. but why would you do that? Why would you put, like, a torture device? They had those in the fucking 1600s, man, and they didn't cost nearly as much as a big elevator. Well, okay, let's, let's say you're some sort of uh, torture corporation, right? Um, you've, so, you've like, got, say, the United States government. Well, you've got, uh, you've got a, def- like a, a finite amount of space, right? You need to move people from floor to floor in your building, but you also need to be able to threaten them with imminent physical harm or potentially kill them with a giant spike from the ceiling trap. What better way to economize on space than to turn your elevator into a people mover and a torture device? Okay. But he didn't seem to be in a spot that had been designed for like a victim to occupy. He seemed to just be like hanging out on top of an elevator. Hmm. Or at the top of an elevator shaft. I'm not even sure that I remember this movie correctly. Or even what movie this is. We're talking about Repo Man, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, let's say, let's say that you just put some object in the elevator. Say, uh, plate of shrimp. A plate of shrimp? Yeah, you guys haven't seen Repo Man, so. No, I haven't. Never mind. Uh, <clears throat> thanks, thanks, RDFM, for sending me a DVD of Repo Man so that I can have watched it. <laughs> this is what happens when you talk about things and you have no idea what you're talking about. Eventually, your fans are like, fuck, this is embarrassing. I, yeah. uh, wasn't there a, there was like a, a modern take on the repo man scheme that was also a musical am i making that up maybe yeah i don't remember what else is in the news uh let's hear uh this is only a vague interest to some people i think is did you ever were you at all interested in the fact that infinity blade dungeons was going to be a thing nope um so that project was officially canceled um in part because the studio that uh that made it so i guess epic i don't actually know all of the details but like after 38 um studios 
went under. Then a bunch of those people, I think, went over to what became Impossible Studios, and now that studio was closed. And so the game they were working on. Did they borrow a bunch of money from an even smaller state? They didn't. Um, <laughs> but I feel really bad for a lot of those people because it's it like going from one studio that folds to another studio that folds mm. just must be like super. And like if you especially if you have to move. Well, unless your job is a janitor at an origami studio. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's what that's what I got in the news. Do you think there is any such thing as an origami studio? Because I feel like one of the main things about origami is that you don't need a lot of space. <laughs> I, I am betting that there have been situations throughout history, perhaps in Japan, where origami masters had studios where they worked. Okay. You don't think it was maybe just like a chair? No, I think that they had like a, <laughs> a full, full, like there were people to cut the paper into specific things to like there were there were probably handcrafted super thin rice papers being made on one side of the room hmm. and then people cutting them into this very sounds precise more like an origami squares. factory than an origami <laughs> studio kevin I, I you're thinking about this wrong it's a craft but paper it's craft art paper art <laughs> this assignment tiny thief yeah nothing to say Nothing to say. That's no, not I barely played it. I, I don't even know if I finished the tutorial. It, the game wow. had no soul. Just no soul. There was nothing there. Oh, man. That's not entirely true. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was That is super dismissive. Yeah, dang. I thought it was pretty good. Really? Yeah. How far did you get into it, Riff? I, um, I 100%... I got all the stars up to the penultimate set of levels and okay. i think i missed two stars in the penultimate set of levels and i didn't get around to playing the last set of levels the rattling bones yeah um it was, yeah some of the some of the stars get to be kind of an obnoxious and or obscure ob yeah yeah obtuse yeah i uh yeah i thought it was cute i mean it's basically just a lot of little bite-size uh point and click adventures right and right. Well, but it's like stealth puzzly, right? I mean, there's a lot of like paying attention to which way a dude well, is yeah, looking. Yeah. I mean, I say there's a lot of this because of the one tutorial level that I played before. <laughs> I was like, uh, before you decided there is nothing it's there. Taking for fucking ever. <laughs> the pacing, the pacing could definitely be improved. Like there are a bunch of sections where you have to walk a long way, do something, then walk a long way back mm -hmm. to like undo something or whatever. It's like going up and down ladders was pretty cumbersome. Yeah. If there had been something really compelling about the experience that the game offered to me, I would have been willing to overlook some of that, but it was just like, eh, just the art style is kind of boring, and mm -hmm. the characters are just I thought it was the cute. same as every other like cute fantasy game. Like, yeah, I, it's nicely animated, and the the little thief character has a different little movement he makes every time you you beat a level and yeah I, the, there was a lot of character yeah to the game but i the soulless thing i don't i don't a hundred percent agree with like it did seem it did seem like there wasn't really a, a thing that they were striving for in this because the puzzles are not particularly complicated the like hidden treasures are pretty random 
Um, you probably would have really liked the pirate level because, or pirate levels, because there's at least one stage in there where it's like going into an old uh, crypt and like hmm. dealing with all the stuff going on there. That was that one was like I was like, oh, this is pretty great actually. <laughs> you know, I actually thought that was one of the least interesting ones because really? yeah, because of the way it's so fragmented instead of being one cohesive level with with the different stuff you have to do it's three very separate small levels but they're each they're each actual real like puzzles that you have to solve yeah which i thought was kind of like refreshing compared to the like trying to figure out what they are expecting you to do because sometimes you can you can think of a plausible causal chain of events that you are trying to set up and sometimes it's you're like okay what do i oh, okay, if I just walk near this thing and I have already picked up this other thing, then I can do this sort of third totally random thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the I'm, I, I'm guessing that one of the stars you didn't get was from the very last level in the castle. Cause uh, let me look. That uh, one yeah, it was, was actually. tricky. So yeah, so I'm guessing... Oh, no, you, the, the one, what I missed in the last level of the castle, I think, was get, finding the uh, weasel. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Because you so you figured out the that like that relatively hard to find uh, ladder of arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I thought was pretty clever because that one happens over the course of the over the course of the level. It um, looks like what I what I missed was that and uh, finding one of the hidden treasures in the level with the uh, the wizard and the cat. Okay. Yeah, that that might um, maybe the the hardest one I thought in that level was um, doing the having the little laser beam shoot a second time mm-hmm. to, to get, get the, to get that other planet. I did find that one. Yeah, you found that one, huh? And I don't know. There, there's a wizard in the game. So that's pretty cool. I missed that. It's all the stuff later. I mean, there's there's the, these the puzzles are interesting. Like it's it's I liked playing like one or two of these things either before I went to bed or when I woke up. Yeah. It's, it was nice in bite-sized chunks like that. Yeah. I don't, I guess in general, I don't have a lot of patience for something where you look at it, you figure out what you need to do and then it is really cumbersome and failure prone to execute it. You don't usually just figure out what you're going to do with, like I I did not figure out what I was going to do in advance a lot of the time. Like I would, no, figure you, out via experimentation. Yeah, you have to I wander mean, around and mess with levels. stuff and see what happens. There were a couple levels that I found frustrating because I locked myself out of a particular like treasure that I was trying to look for mm-hmm. and had to restart the whole level to find it again. Uh, like when you're captured by the the natives, if you like, if you do something something first, you can't actually get one of the like little treasures or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, you, you can do that really easily on the last castle level, because if you, you right. can, you can go and beat that boss without going into the sewer at all. So, and yeah, like, and there was a whole section of that level that was just an achievement too, which was weird. Like the, the green key and. Oh yeah. And that finding, finding that chest. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, seriously like that that was such a long convoluted maze to have like a whole section of it just be like this relatively inconsequential sort of hidden achievement in the game is weird um yeah i don't know how i feel about the game 
in in sort of overall analysis. I, I liked a lot of what they were trying to do with it. Um, but the puzzles were not compelling enough for me to be super excited about. Um, I think I will probably finish it to completion. Um, but like, I, that's the thing. I really liked the level that you didn't like because it was a bunch of compartmentalized puzzles. Huh. Right. And so maybe that's, maybe we're, we're appreciating different aspects of the same thing. Yeah, sorry. I'm the I'm the weak link in this one. Why do we always have weak links? <laughs> That's because while doing this podcast is an important part of our lives, it's not the only thing. It in is. Our lives. It is very easy to prioritize it below other things. Well, what are we going to play for next week's assignment? Uh, I would like for us to play over the next two weeks uh, Alpha Protocol because it's a game that I have wanted to play for a while. It's a Bioware RPG, but it's a spy one. So I'm going to try and force myself to be interested in something that doesn't have any skeletons in it. It's uh, it's on sale <laughs> in it's on the Steam sale, Steam yeah. sale, which is a pretty good opportunity. Okay. To purchase, we should. What we should have done was come up with a game, a list of like three or four games that we were going to do for assignments and tell everyone to buy them during the Steam sale. Mm-hmm. So what our listeners should do is just buy buy all every game, <laughs> the games that are on sale on Steam. Yeah. And uh, we'll get to them eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I got Alan Wake for like three bucks. I, there was a there was like a humble bundle that had all the Alan Wake games hmm. that I got for cheap too. That's like at this point I've got two hundred games that I've just never played in my Steam library. Yep. And I wonder if I'm ever gonna get to some of them. I don't. There there are games in my Steam library that I will never play. I can. I'm just sure that that's gonna be yep. the case. Well, I mean, with the humble bundles, it's different, right? Because you, like, I will think. Eh, there's this one game that I want to play. I will pay this amount for the Humble Bundle, and then I just get all these other games that I wasn't at all interested in, right? So, like, sure. when you are buying a bundle, you're buying a bunch of stuff that you don't care about, potentially. Right. I mean, unless you're the kind of person that's like, I'm not going to buy this bundle for one cent unless I love every game in it, because... <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's true. You can buy a Humble Bundle for a cent. Or is, can you get it for free? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're DRM-free, so yes, with a trivial amount of effort, you can get all of them for free, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I would hope that it was a dick to you, if you did. Because I feel like a cent, that's running thats running up against the amount of money that it costs transaction fees. to download. You know, the amount of money that it costs the host to provide the bandwidth. Yeah, wow. All right. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to be spies. We're going to shoot dudes from behind cover okay we're gonna hack things in a kind of a frustrating but cool hacking mini game <laughs> sounds like maybe you have uh, started playing this yeah already. i did I, I played i played like an hour of it before the show and that's okay. uh, partially why we decided to use that as an assignment because we're just playing this shit totally by ear uh i think the girls would probably like to go to dinner so okay we should let the listeners know uh how to send us listeners mail if they okay. wanted to well try to do some of that next week yeah that would be good i think um i think that they should try tweeting at us at vg hot dog they can also follow us on twitter that would be fine uh you can email us vg at gmail.com you can uh, check out our forums, uh, which you can find on a link at videogameshotdog.com. That website also houses the, uh, the whole history of the uh, podcast with uh, 
explanations of what every episode is all about. And lists of most of the assignments and stuff. Yeah. Um, and while you're thinking about subscribing to the podcast, you should uh, you should give us a rating uh, and a review on iTunes. A rating or a review. Or both. Don't feel like you have to give a rating and a review or there's no point in doing either because there right. is. Or you could just uh, load us up in iTunes a bunch of times because apparently that has an impact. I don't know if that's true. You could call your friends that work at Apple and say, what the fuck, friends yeah. at Apple? How is it possible <laughs> that Video Games Hot Dog is not in the top 100 lists when there are The top podcasts. 300 lists. Top 300 are, lists. When there when, are podcasts that are very low rating and have not put out an episode since 2005. Yes. In the top 300 list. Yeah. That would, what the fuck is wrong? Exactly. With is it us? is it is it the fact that they say fuck a lot? Because, Are we not pretty enough? Okay, that would explain something at least. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Uh, I think you guys should have a fantastic week. Oh, I yeah, I I hope your week sucks. Oh, I I can't agree with both of you. What, see, here's what I think. I think that Nick Nolte in my head is absolutely 100% a different thing than Nick Nolte in your head. I, I right? would agree to and that. And I don't know. I don't know that there's actually any way. But what if you wear uh, some sort of device? <laughs> you just have to wear this helmet and think about Nick Nolte for an hour. <laughs> no, you, you but, wear this helmet for your entire life, and so it just knows. And okay. think about Nick Nolte for your entire so, life. So wait. Are you talking about your skull? Because that is a helmet that you wear for your entire life. Okay. Yes. So I'm saying that they need to replace people's skulls when they're born. Right. With some sort of Nick Nolte detector. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it would have been really difficult for them to come up with this plan before the advent of the modern Nick Nolte. <laughs> right. We've got 3D printers and Nick Nolte now. So we finally have all the pieces all right. of this puzzle. Just an infinite number of Nick Noltes. <laughs> <laughs>